0: You are listening to Rouge White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White & Blue CFL Podcast. Let's call this one the CFL Free Agency Market Frenzy Edition. I'm Oz Davis. I'll be your co-host for the show. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Joe Pritchard. Joe, how's it going for you this week? Cold enough for you?
1: Uh, snowy enough for me. Okay. Uh, I had the snowblower out, I don't know, four times in the last two days. That's <laughs> fun.
0: Well, at least it's not like minus 40 or whatever it was, right, last time we spoke?
1: Yeah, I suppose there's a silver lining to that, isn't there?
0: All right, then. Let's just introduce our guest, and a frequent, I guess we can say, guest on the show. He is the host of the Wood Cookie Sawcast. He is Rod Villa Gomez. Rod. How is it going for you, know,
2: you? For my smoking jacket, by the way.
0: I want that five-timer jacket that they give on SNL. <laughs> yeah, right. I've just joined one of the most exclusive clubs ever, the Five-Timer Club. Uh, Tom, Hanks, <laughs> Tom Hanks did the whole bit on that. It was him and Paul Simon and Elliot Gould. and But there's, there's many more members to the Five-Timers Club on Saturday Night Live by now. However, there are a few members to the Five-Timers Club on the Rouge White and Blue. Rod, we're glad to have you this evening, and uh, because we'd like to talk some free agency, day one, day two of free agency is in the books, in the CFL, and as a lot of people expected, a lot of movement, however... Did we expect this kind of movement from the Edmonton Eskimos and the BC Lions, which have basically shaped their reshaped their entire offense and most of their defenses? Uh, Rod, initial impressions from CFL Free Agency 2019.
2: Uh, I just I want to quit. That's that's my initial reaction
0: <laughs> right now. Why? Why? This is gonna as, be great. I'm a red
2: black fan. Well, okay. <laughs>
0: Okay, you guys uh, you know, did get pillaged, especially by yes. the Eskimos. That is true. Because here's the thing.
2: That is what's going to happen now. I mean, I can't change my, my podcast now because all the players that I liked over here are, are now wearing green of one sort. Yeah. You got uh, Greg Ellingson, or V, they're all wearing the Edmonton green. And now you got William Powell wearing Saskatchewan green. It's like yep. I, I just, you know, the Wood Cookie Sawcast doesn't work in green and gold. <laughs>
1: the wood cookie green
0: cast <laughs> there you go yeah you could merge it you could merge it with the three down green cast that got over there that would be great that'd be great all right um so i don't can you see okay what do you see for the eskimos then with these guys i mean uh,
2: well I, I tell you what i see initially is i see that you know trevor harris has his number one target which is you know a, a good yeah. thing for edmund because he, he doesn't have to, you know, and but he loses, to, you know, he may lose Darrell Walker, uh, which is sad, but, you know, they're making so many moves, and you're right, it's fantasy football, I uh, talked about it on my show just a little bit ago, where, you know how in Madden now, you can draft your ultimate team, you can just basically put everybody <laughs> back in the pool
0: and draft the team you want, that's what the Eskimos did this week, and it yeah. or it's just, it's insane. Well, it's not even like, necessarily a dream team, I would say, because, okay, here's, here are the wide receivers they've signed of note. Uh, of course, they brought over Ellingson, like you just noticed. Uh, Kenny Shaw, who had been released by the Riders, okay, got with the Eskimos. Now, I don't know how much we can expect out of Kenny, but, you know, he'll be there. Uh, Davaris Daniels came over from the Stamps, and Ricky Collins came over from BC Lions. Now, it's not what struck me about uh the Eskimos action on day 1 and to some extent the BC Lions on day 1 and 2 is just that it was almost as though it was like a draft day. They had a list of the players that they knew were going to be available when they could get them and just bam 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 got them. You know, not necessarily like the name players, not necessarily like getting into bidding wars just you know getting those parts that they think they can use um I should I should go to Joe Joe are are you as depressed now what looked like um, a, a real opportunity for Winnipeg to move up just by dint of staying pat and now all of a sudden you've got the reconstructed Eskimos and lions to look at
1: Holy crap, is the East going to be rocky this year. Ah, Seven and 11, that was the other thing.
0: Wins. That was the <laughs> other thing. That was the other thing that hit me. How soon can we get the Schooners in here? These guys could be in the Grey Cup. <laughs> the Schooners might win the East right. this year. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the Schooners could be in the Grey Cup in their first year. They could take out your Red Blacks record, Rod. I mean uh- – with this East, I mean, I can't believe this, you know, my uh, my Alouettes, you know, they really rocked the uh, list here. Well, we got Taylor Loeffler from you guys, so I did want to say thank you for that, Joe. But um, how, how okay are you, Joe, with the Bombers really staying pat, pretty much?
1: Well, they, they showed their hand very early by re-signing all the players right. that they kind of wanted to keep. The exception being Brandon Alexander and Nick Dembski re-signing on the honor right before the opening of free agency. Uh, but they did lose a few players of note. Uh, Suk Chung, uh, right. Taylor Loeffler, like you mentioned, mentioned Jovan. Uh, Santos Knox and uh, Taylor Loeffler, and uh, Kevin Fogg, uh, yes, he was, Fogg also. Uh, yeah, yep, yeah. and then Ryan Lakeford I see just now or just very recently going over to Ottawa. Uh, so they did lose a few players, but I don't think there's a game, there's a showstopper in that mix. Uh, they knew that throwing a lot of money and big hell is obviously going to limit your possibilities elsewhere, but they have two quarterbacks. They trust they have uh, the one thing they really could use is a top, top receiver. And it sounds like they're still trying to make a play for Jarrell Walker, even though most indications point pointing him to, toward Toronto. Uh, that's not a done deal yet. As far as I know. And they did make one big splash with Willie Jefferson, uh, yes. Who seemed to enjoy his time on the on the um, investors group field uh, so much that not only did it take forever <laughs> to score in the banjo bowl, but you said he liked it so much, he's going to come back for a full season.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was I did note that that was a nice signing by the bombers. I did like that. Yeah, if you can't beat him, uh, sign him more or less. Uh, but the the one thing that struck me too about the bombers is they took their biggest hits in the secondary. And, uh, you know, this was a team that gave up a lot of points last year, capable of scoring a lot of points, but uh, giving up a lot of points kind of struck me as well. Um, The other team, we talked a lot about the Eskimos reconstructing their offense, Uh, but here's, uh, I also got this down, here's the BC Lions' um, new offense. They just signed to Ron Carter today, so... They're running with Deron Carter and the new Lamar Durant, also from the Stamps, who we definitely need to talk about in a moment. Uh, As Joe mentioned, they brought on Suk Chung for the line, and they also brought aboard John White from Hamilton, another guy from the East gone, and, of course, Mike Riley, the least – Uh, the worst kept secret as they say in the cfl after the season that he was going to come over to bc and play with his old gm uh who do you think made out better um rod would you go with bc or edmonton who's made out better so far
2: well i mean i think the obvious answer there is bc i mean you bring a guy like mike Riley over to your team and automatically that that quarterback situation just got a whole lot better. So much so that it made room for Jonathan Jennings to defect to Ottawa. So, I mean, you want to talk about the coconut shells here. uh, I I think you automatically get that. Now, the fact that De'Ron Carter is there, I mean, everybody knows my stance on De'Ron Carter. uh, But now, can he benefit from a guy like Mike Riley? And if he can, listen, the guy can make plays, okay? Yes. Off the field, be damned, the guy can make plays. So – if you get a guy like Mike Riley throwing him the ball, uh, I mean, he had Ricky Ray, but it, Ricky Ray is not Mike Riley. I mean, it's, no. it's apples, no oranges. Mm-hmm. So I think Deron could benefit from having him as a leader on that team. And if Deron can get his stuff straight, uh, that could be a very, very powerful force coming out of the West.
0: Well, I got to ask you this now and try and be as unbiased as possible here. Where are you on the John Jennings uh, side of the fence because we've been mind boggled by this guy on the ruse right and blue for a couple of years now week to week he seems to be a different quarterback sometimes where are you on your new quarterback
2: and that's the thing you're right he's he's a different quarterback every time he steps out on the field so i feel like i'm okay with this like (laughs) if we lost trevor harris but i okay let me backtrack. I hate that Trevor Harris is out the door. Absolutely do. But as a fan, you've got to put that in compartmentalize. See, I'm so flustered. I can't even get it out. and, and move on. So with Jonathan Jennings, he's a mobile, a mobile ish quarterback and he's got the tools. Like he had a 5,000 yard season. We can't ignore that. I mean, the, the potential is there. We just have to see it and we have to see it more often. So, He may have a better chance in Ottawa to get it done because he doesn't have that threat of Lule looking over his shoulder. The best he's got is Dominique Davis looking at him saying, I thought I was going to be the guy. So, you know.
0: (laughs) He did that before, too, with uh, Travis Lule. (laughs) Hey, I thought I I was supposed to be the guy. Right. I like that. All right. So uh, I realize that time has you on a short leash, Rod. But I got one other question for the both of you that I wanted to throw at you. we talked a lot about some of the big name signings today. But in my opinion, and I'd like to a, a agree or a disagree, in my opinion, the best signing of free agency so far has been Bo Levy Mitchell signing with the Calgary Stampeders. Joe, agree, disagree? Uh, I would completely agree. Okay. Uh, now, given who
1: Calgary is, I have no doubt that they have a lot of trust in Nick Arbuckle. Would if it would have come to that, but I'm sure that they are a lot more comfortable with the guy that they've had that they've had for the last four years and is going to have for the next. Four, next four as well because I think he's just coming off a four-year deal and now he's going to sign just another four-year deal uh so it sounds like uh, he took a lot less money to stay in Calgary so I would say if you're a Calgary Stamps fan uh, I would I would feel very very comfortable buying his jersey and being this is my guy for the next four years
0: (laughs) Uh, Yep, reports just coming out today. Uh, There's an interview with him at the official website, CFL.ca, saying that he left up to half a million on the table in Toronto, which in the end might be the better choice. Uh, Rod, what do you think? Aren't the Stamps a bit depleted? They've been picked apart this offseason.
2: And yet, Bo keeps winning with anything he's got on the field. Like, there's just no slowing him down. It doesn't matter who gets hurt, who goes down, it just feels like that Stamps team just keeps bringing people back up, and there's just no there's no stopping them. So uh, yeah, you're right. Calgary did win with that one, and I don't think there was any other team. Uh, and obviously, it was proven. Uh, I think Toronto and even the Riders had said that they made an offer to them, a substantial, a uh, significant offer. I'm sorry hmm. to him. So there was no amount of money that would have kept him out of Calgary. I think I don't I don't think he's playing for money at this point. I think he's playing for the fact that he you know he knows that the NFL could probably offer him a bigger contract, but he's not going to get the playing time. So this guy, I mean, in the last couple of years, even though he's beat the heck out of the, the red blacks, every time he's met him, I'm going to respect him from a football standpoint, because he's not one of those guys that he could have taken that offer in Toronto and, and, mm. and who would have had around him, but still, he's, he's bullied by Mitchell. He could have followed the money, but instead he stayed in Calgary where he knows that he's got a fan base. He knows he can play. He, he's comfortable with the situation and, and, you know, he's not playing out of his wallet. He's actually playing uh, for love of the game at this point. And, and uh, to me, I mean, how can you not like a guy like that? So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's Toronto and Toronto, Saskatchewan are going to be spurn lovers for a while. But um, I believe <sighs> yeah. that Calgary is going to still be Calgary.
0: Hmm. Really? Wow. Wow. Well, I personally am not expecting too, too much out of them. I mean... Really, I think they lost quite a bit. (laughs) Uh, Let me ask you this. You said uh, – give me one more before you go here. Uh, You said that you know there was no amount of money that could keep Bo Levy Mitchell out of Calgary. Is there any amount of money that could keep Johnny Manziel out of Montreal? (laughs) Uh, It's funny you ask that because I'm
2: sure there is. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. so much so that that's his signature symbol, right? Show me Yeah, right,
0: right, right. Yeah, that's right. So, Run some dollars yeah. out there. Okay, Rod, we'll get you out of here. You're a busy man, as I understand it. But uh, as also, as I understand it, in addition to the Wood cookie Sawcast, you're also doing a podcast on the fledgling American Alliance of Football.
2: Why, I thank you for asking. Absolutely. I've got the (laughs) Lions football podcast that's running right now. It's uh, eight episodes deep. I'm about to put the ninth one out. Oh, I'm sorry, ten. Wow, ten episodes deep. Uh, I'm about to put the tenth one out. Yeah, I mean, look, we've had – B-Riders from San Antonio. In fact, this episode coming out, uh, if you go check it out, uh, by the time you listen to this, it might be out on Friday. Um, I've got the B-Rider from the uh, Salt Lake Stallions on, and I've got the B-Rider from the San Antonio Commanders on. I've had a play-by-play announcer from the Orlando Apollos, the team president of the Orlando Apollos. This show has been an absolute blast to put together. Um, I've loved the community that's going around this AAF. Uh, I, I can't stop talking about it, and it's great filler between NFL and, and, and the CFL, the so CFL, it yeah. just it lays perfectly in between those two seasons.
0: You need to tell the uh, Stallions' ownership that Baltimore owns that name. I would try. <laughs> they already, look, if you look at the Stallions' jerseys and
2: their, their helmets right now, they're probably the most head-scratching ones in the entire league.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, that's neither here nor there at this point.
0: Yeah. Well, aside from Birmingham Iron, <laughs> that's <laughs> – yeah. That was – some strange design no, no, no. choices there. Uh, all right, Rod Villa Gomez, Wood Cookie Sawcast. Good luck with your uh, Wood Cookie Greencast uh, this <laughs> this off season. And uh, will you come on and talk to us about uh, AAF? I promise to watch like a whole couple weeks worth of games. To be honest with you, I don't have anything going. I just want that
2: five dollars jacket. I'm am just telling you <laughs> so I can send another episode. So I can get that smoking jacket. I got a plan here.
0: <laughs> Dope. Rod Via Gomez, thank you very much for being on the Bruce White and Blue this evening. Gentlemen, it's always a blast. Thank you. I did not even know that we had a five-timers club i'm gonna have to like i'm gonna have to build one now i mean dude's in california he could drop by any time so
1: yeah and he's gonna and he's in competition i believe with andrew Buckholz, so another right. fellow california california right. resident and josh smith uh from podsky Wee Wee is also been out quite often so uh i think if we're gonna be getting that club going we might have to have a meeting about that (laughs) get all three of them in the same place at the same time
0: (laughs) well if if josh if josh is in the five timers club he's the elliot Gould of the piece because it seems like forever since we've had him on we got to get him back on the show always (laughs) in any case we should discuss the elephant in the room at this point that is uh our third co-host on this show for the past year plus a guy known as dr rouge to all of you who have listened to the show has i guess we could just say quit football um he recently came to a decision a few days ago those of you who follow him on twitter may have noticed uh came to a decision a few days ago just i don't know felt it was hypocritical if he didn't want to support the nfl um that he should no longer support uh, CFL football, NCAA football, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and thus can no longer appear with us on this podcast. Uh, I guess I'll throw it to you, Joe. Thoughts?
1: Well, obviously we're not happy to have lost our friend Oz or Lost our friend to this um, decision he made, but I can't blame him on a personal level for making that decision because, uh, to be completely honest, the NCAA is a dumpster fire and the NFL (laughs) is a little bit – is probably approaching that as well because neither – of those two organizations really has any accountability anymore. Mm. They are the money is pouring in so fast that not only can they not count it, uh, but that they don't have to really consider what is good for the game anymore. They also don't have to consider um what their image is anymore because they know that The money is going to keep coming in. I believe uh, the story about uh, Costas, which he posted and people should definitely read, uh, I believe Costas said something, and I'm paraphrasing here, that the NFL is like the only organization around where you can go ahead – where they – where to – Get their services. You basically right. just drive a truck up to their offices and say, "Here's a brinks truck full of money." And if this isn't the right denominations, let us know, and we will go and find the correct dominate denominations. Right, the exact way it's, you want it.
0: It's the only. It's the only business relationship where the relationship between the buyer and the seller is reversed. Right, right. where the buyer has to please the seller. Right, mm-hmm. and they like. Weird. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, already sports leagues in America, uh, I guess to some extent in Canada, operate in this weird socialist way, and I'm not just talking about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, right. Where you know there's concepts like revenue sharing. I mean, can you imagine? You know, IBM, Apple, Compaq. You know, can you imagine revenue sharing? <laughs> um, you know, uh, stuff like drafts. Which is not even socialism that's like fascism at that point. I mean, in what other industry do you leave college and then they tell you where you 're going to work? I mean you know this isn't yeah you know, this uh, this isn't the military it's, it's no coincidence that they call it the draft. so there are a lot of business contradictions in professional sports, and especially the NFL milks those to the greatest degree, these guys running NFL teams, even more so, I mean, you can talk about NBA and MLB too, but these guys running the NFL teams are in fact, these are the people that the progressives in America complain about. These guys represent the 1%. These guys represent Old money and exploitative money. I mean, I was just talking with somebody about this the other day. I mean, the owner of my team, the Rams, okay, is not only like one of the, I think he's the 30th richest person in the world or something like this, he runs the business which exploits the most workers in the U.S. and he draws the most sweatshop labor produced goods in the U.S. You know, so it's like, you know, what kind of people are these people? Now, you can talk about the billionaires that run the NBA teams, but on the whole, well, not on the whole, but a lot of these guys were self-made, you know, you talk about internet entrepreneurs, you know, you talk about, like, uh, well, used to be head of Starbucks, um, wants to run for president. <laughs> <Or Joe. laughs> crazy, crazy freaking country we live in, Joe. Um, you know, and so, yep. but there's something. It's just the NFL is so insidious. You know, it's really the dark empire in American culture, really. Um, so I can see why he would drop that. And in fact, Doctor Rouge did a couple of years ago. I myself, I'm having a real hard time dealing with NFL, um, morally, morally speaking. I mean, for me, it kind of represents a money-making opportunity in a couple of ways, so I can't drop it just yet, but no, oh, I really want to. Now, what's the key to the CFL, Joe?
1: Well, here's the problem I have with the NFL, and I'll tell you why I don't have the same problems with the CFL. Okay. I don't believe the NFL has an ounce of integrity left. Yeah, this is true. They've shown that they don't care about the product on the field, but... Uh, Remember back in 2012 when they locked out the officials? Sure. They went four weeks and only a Monday night disaster on national TV caused them to change their minds over what has to be pennies for the league. Right. They were fighting with their officials for pennies. They decided that a small amount of – a small amount of millions of dollars, that was the difference between them and the officials, was – Enough to let their product suffer for a month, which is a fourth of the season, right. just be, just so they didn't have to come to the agreement that the Officials Association wanted. <laughs> so they uh, don't care about the integrity of the game on the field. They also don't have any integrity when they say when they – first of all, with the way the commissioner runs discipline. Uh, right. I believe the Tom Brady fiasco was just – a public relations disaster for them and yet he kept going simply because it showed that he was the guy in charge he had the power and not even the not even the patriots not even the great tom brady right. were free from him from his power. Right. That was what that was all about. That right. was basically him him pulling down his pants and whipping it out and showing everybody what he had.
0: Well he's representing uh, he's representing <laughs> he's representing his constituency, right? Those 32 guys. And you know, like right. they say, I mean they've been saying this since Jim Bouton ball four. Okay? Here's your pecking order on a sports team. Okay? Owner. Superstar player <laughs> right? That's it. Three is star player, and then four is manager. Okay, when Tom Brady was beat down, that was, you know, uh, owners still rule, even over Brady, even over Mr. Mega Commercial Peyton Manning. And, you know, who else do you want to bring up? But then, but see, that's the thing. You talk about this. In the end, that was a four-game suspension, okay, for some science fiction thing. Then, right. on the other hand, you've got a kicker booted out of the league. <laughs> then, on the other hand, you've got guys who smoke marijuana getting a one-year suspension. You know, you've know, you got Kareem Hunt, who's probably going to get back into the league.
1: And that's know? my next point. <laughs> you so know? Same year, 2014, I believe. The same, I think that's the same year as the Flake Gate It all blurs together at this point. So if I'm wrong on that, I'm sorry. But – First of all, you had Ray Rice getting suspended two games for <laughs> domestic violence until they see the video. Yeah, and then it becomes he, and then it becomes Ray Rice is the problem, and not that the NFL didn't do its due diligence. Same season, Adrian Peterson suspended for basic beating his kids. Yeah, when I was in Edmonton for Grey Cup this year, first of all, the Kareem Hunt story comes out that. Yeah, there's video, and it's a lot worse than he said. Yeah. Uh, by the way, there's this article on Bleacher Report saying that, oh, yeah, Adrian Peterson still beats his kids. <laughs> mm, yeah, no reaction you're from kidding. the league on that one. You're kidding. Is there? Same, same, is there? Same, like within two days of each other. Yes. That's, I had not out.
0: heard that story. Wow. <laughs> that is messed yep. up. That is messed and up. Then, See, oh,
1: there you yep. go. And you have those more. two things go back to back, showing that the league again. <laughs> didn't pursue what was out there with any sort of vigorousness they just kind of like oh uh okay well that happened let's not to worry too much about that and then it comes out that's a lot worse than they were letting on we're back four years again same thing same stuff they want to talk a good game about how football is family while they're moving teams across oh, the country. Yeah. They want to talk about how football is family when they say that they care about domestic violence, but they don't. Uh, I just I uh, since I've been home from Grey Cup, I haven't turned on an NFL game. I haven't wow. turned on an NFL product. No kidding. Not Actually, even the Super Bowl when my wife had Know my wife had a game on and I I pa- did not pay attention whatsoever.
0: Wow, wow, huh?
1: So I don't know. I'm not going to draw, you know, make any public huge I'm saying I'm done forever with it. But right now, it's not on the list of things I give a crap about. Wow, huh?
0: So I could. See, do you still play? Do you still play board game though?
1: Well, yeah, but okay. not with NFL.
0: Not with NFL. Really? I not tell, with NFL. Yeah, and okay, and, wow.
1: and I have. Cheated on the board game lately. I have pulled out the PC uh, to play games, of too, course, because it's just time. The time is such yep. a big difference. But yep. I am not playing with NFL teams or players or what have you at this. Wow, point. just wow. I
0: okay, don't all right, like but, the product
1: anymore. But okay, but here's the thing: there's a there's a difference though okay. between not liking who's showing you the product and not liking the product itself. Mm-hmm. He, he, he. Our our doctor friend uses the fact that NBC, the NFL didn't say a word about Bob, not many words about Bob Costas anyway. NBC was so scared of the NFL that they self edited Bob yeah, Costas yeah, and told yeah, him not to yeah. do what he was going
0: to do. Yeah, Costas, who's the Brady of you know broadcast. wanted to
1: talk way. about violence in the game and the concussion issues. Yeah. The violence in the game has, is, is always going to, there's always going to be violence in the game. It's not as bad as it used to be. They have gone, well, pretty much any league out there right now has gone to some measure to try to make the game safer. It's never going to be safe, but it's a lot better than it has been. We also have a lot more data on what it can do, and we also have a lot more data on how to try to avoid that. So going forward, it's going to be interesting to see where football goes. I do think it's starting to take some steps in the right direction, but is it enough? And I believe you have an opinion on that.
0: Um, it may be. It may be. I don't – it, the only way it can survive, the only way that football – I think – okay, look. Here, here's a conversation I was having with a friend the other day. Okay? Um, can you imagine – all right. Uh, a world in which there is no soccer. Of course not. Right? How about a world in which there is no baseball or an America in which there is no baseball. Yeah, I mean you'll always be playing it like California, New York and Boston and Chicago and places like that, right? Okay. So baseball might shrink, but it'll still exist. Basketball, that's around for the next two hundred years. Right? I mean it's it's popular all over the world now. But can you imagine a world without football? And you can. That's the thing. It's easily imaginable. Look, in 1905, Teddy Roosevelt oversaw a panel to make football illegal, not like college football, not like, you know, make it safer, to make it against the law to play foot. Okay, as far as I know, no other sport has gotten this treatment. <laughs> you know, I mean, could you think of any circumstances in which it would be? Okay, so there is that. The, but the other thing is that, um, you know, it's – I don't the, – the, can you solve the concussion problem? Even in, that, in the wide-ranging study, in the big study of um, players' brains, uh, there's a lady that's uh, out of – I want to say Columbia – but uh, Columbia Medical School, that's, that's still working on this stuff. And, yeah, okay, in that study, famously, 99% of, of brains from NFL players had, had evidence of CTE, all but one. And then in the Canadian study, like 66% had it. Okay, so the fact that in the Canadian game you have the linemen a yard, set a yard off each other at the snap, okay, that's going to reduce that. But, jeez, is that enough? I mean, if I told you that secondhand smoke has a 66% chance of giving you lung cancer, I mean, you'd make it illegal in public places, right? I mean, I, I just wonder if you can deregulate it enough. Um, I'd like to see a study on the brains of Arena League players. Because I think that's ultimately what you're gonna to have to do it's gonna to have to be this kind of game where the object is to push the guy out of bounds where you're passing on every play you know i i i, I, I that's the only, for me that's the only way I can see it don't you think I mean how, how they've got to quit the endless collisions right because again that's what that movie was about that's what concussion was about it's not about like Deacon Jones slapping you on the side of the head. It's about hitting that right guard 40 times a game. And then 40 times a game. And then the practices. And then another game. and Like that. It's the repetitive uh, action that, that does most of these guys in. So how can you do it except make it less contact?
1: Yep. The game is going to have to evolve eventually. And I think it has been. The, my question is how fast does it go Cause, I, yeah uh, cause, see I just wonder we, if it's we, quick we, enough we've come a long way from obviously we've come a long way from 1905 where there were <laughs> well, yeah. helmets and yeah. we were literally trying to kill the guy with the ball Right. we've come a long way from the NFL films era of the 60s and 70s where the violence was glorified Yeah, uh, we still have we still see viol- the violence be glorified as time goes on, too, but you don't have John Pasenda selling the violence and the brutality of the game as a selling point anymore.
0: Well, yeah, we've, we've seen,
1: seen that. You, we've seen that we, too in others. Right? So, we're seeing we're seeing it come. We're seeing the game come from what it was to what it is now, yeah. and over the course of the last fifty years. We're seeing a lot less of the padded practices we're seeing a lot less of the um, the two a days in training camp where you're doing the 40 times and then the 40 times again later that day
0: yeah they're making that uh, kind so, of stuff illegal at high schools and colleges now they have to do that right. now in like states like Texas and California yeah <laughs> right. the so mendic- I, this so I
1: see the game so I see the game going from one from one extreme toward another. I don't know how fast it's going to be. I don't know if I'll live to see the day where they take the helmets and the pads off and make the collisions illegal. But we're trending that way.
0: Yeah, I think that's the end result. Look, because look, you want to talk about violence in sports, all right? We were talking about this off the show. But this has always been my contention. Look at basically any contact sport, any ball sport, okay, from the 70s. And look at how violent it is. And, I mean, I'm serious. This goes across to cricket, okay? You look at cricket. You look at baseball. I mean, the famous, like, Pete Rose Ray Fossey thing is in that era, right? The, the big dust-ups between the Yankees and the Red Sox are from that era, okay? Even baseball is way more violent, okay? But then, let's compare football in the 70s to a couple other sports, hockey, okay, and Formula One. Okay, in Formula One in the seventies, guys were dying, like as a matter of course, every year, right? Because of, of lack of safety in the in the cockpits of these cars and whatnot, right? Okay, there's a very good film about this, by the way, called Rush, uh, directed by Ron Howard. In my opinion, Ron Howard's best film. But in any case, um, look what happened. Okay, in hockey, you mandated helmets. Okay, you mandated face masks for goalies. Like people need to be told that this is a good idea, right? You made that like necessary. Okay, you eliminated rules about checking, about like you know, gratuitous violence. Okay. Formula One, same thing. By the eighties, you know, a fatal crash or even like a brutal crash was rarer and rarer all the time. Meanwhile, football. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't see the CTE issue improving. You, you know, they refuse to, to sufficiently advance the helmet design uh, for safety. Uh, Greg Easterbrook used to write this for years at, at ESPN uh, in his column, Tuesday Morning Quarterback, and before that at Salon. You know, these these technologies are there, but they're not implementing them. Stuff like that. You know, we say, like, we should, uh, we hope to see some improvement. We should have seen some by now. We should have seen now, you know. But again, I think this goes back to the whole corporate culture of football, you know, the the heavy, you know, fascistic slash socialistic slash capitalistic uh, situation they have at the top in the NFL. I think it all what, goes back to that. And what you're
1: saying then is, since that, and this is a situation that could very well threaten their bottom line, but since their bottom line doesn't seem to be affected much by yet uh, it it yet. They're not making
0: nearly, they're not doing nearly enough is what you're well, trying, is it's what gonna, you're saying. It's going to suck when, okay, look, I've said this for a long time and I don't really, I mean, we got to get out of here. I don't really want to end this podcast on a dark note, but so be it. Here's what's going to happen. I am convinced this is what's going to happen. Some dude is going to die on the field in an NFL game. And millions of people are gonna be watching it, and the next day the audience is gonna be cut in half. Guarantee I, I am one million percent sure that this is gonna happen. That this is the fate of the NFL. You have a lot
1: more faith in the teaming millions than I do. Well I think
0: you'll lose you'll lose some people. You'll lose but... any of the casual fans. They'll all go what's on basketball? Instantly. Instantly. Well, you you brought up
1: Formula One back in the seventies. You're still seeing. You're still seeing. uh, NASCAR has gotten a lot safer. Oh yeah, but there's still there's still that kind of risk in NASCAR. Oh yeah, there's still that kind of risk Mm -hmm. in car racing. So what's the difference between that kind of risk? And the risk you're talking about, which is uh, which is a slower death, but you're talking about an instant death here. Uh, because, in that case,
0: because I think that there are sports, there are sports. Uh, hockey is one of them. Uh, NASCAR, Formula One are others. Where I think most of the fans are like above average devotees. In other words, there are fewer casual fans in those sports. But football is all about the average watcher, right? And I don't think the average watcher can put up with that. And here's another difference, too. If somebody dies in, in Formula One or NASCAR, they're inside a little shell and you don't see it, right? That might be your difference right there. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Nowadays, with these hyper-advanced like shells, that they sit in the cockpit, that they sit in, the whole thing, it, the, it, the worst case scenario is the whole thing gets ejected as one piece. You don't get the thing where the guy flies out of the friggin' car anymore. You know? Um, so, you know, that's the, that's the difference for me. Um, the, crazy, so guess, the, the crazy thing for me is there are times at NASCAR when these cars go into the stands and people die. You know, which doesn't happen in other sports, you know, except European soccer, I guess. <laughs> you know, but just I'll... to
1: summarize the last half hour or so, um, <laughs> our buddy, the doc has decided that the yeah. culture of football isn't what he wa- what he wants it to be. And he's done with the whole idea. And you're saying he definitely has a point to that idea. Yeah, no. I'm kind of I'm a li- uh, I'm not showing as much agreement as I actually feel because I'm trying to bring out other – I'm trying to bring out other sides of the story here too. (laughs) But yeah, so he's given up on the entire thing because he just feels that the culture of football is uh, unsalvageable. We both have our issues with the people that run run the leagues that have a ton of money. That kind of leaves that kind of leaves the question of how long is it going to be yeah in your in your mind
0: oh for 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 for,
1: for the NFL
0: for your fandom and, oh, and I for don't how
1: know. the game progresses I don't going know forward
0: I don't know I'm gonna stick it out this year for sure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I like the CFL. Fli- we're not
1: flipping the switch to, tomorrow is what no, you're saying no
0: I like the okay. CFL I, I mean, just wanted to
1: make sure that was quick <laughs>
0: the, the cFL the CFL to me is another example of something that Americans do but Canadians do better and you know right. maybe maybe some of it is just because they tend to be nicer folks or it's just a smaller country they don't get to take as much stuff for granted as we do in the us or whatever they're not as hyper capitalist as we are but you know, the CFL to me is another example of a of a good football league. I just I worry about the health thing. I really right. do. And I, really
1: I do. guess I guess my parting thought here, knowing that we're having to wrap up here, is that the difference in my mind between the CFL and the NFL, besides the obvious ones, the rules, the money involved, yeah. is that I believe the CFL. Acts with integrity for the most part, yeah. and I don't believe the NFL has that anymore. Yeah, if it ever did.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's kind. Of, it's kind of like we're talking about the president and the prime minister. Oh, but in any case, I'd like to thank Doctor Roos personally for coming on to the show. Uh, he pretty much came on at my request uh, to join us here, and he really added a lot to the show. And, and yeah, we are of-
1: definitely, we are definitely, definitely, definitely going to miss him.
0: Yes, Anyone? any other Americans out there obsessed with the Rouge, give us a give us a shout. <laughs> in any case, uh, Joe, it was great talking to you again. We'll do this again sometime, probably in a couple of weeks. See if you can get Rod to come back on. I want to I finish this AAF talk. Um, any thoughts besides what we just talked about? What are you doing uh, for the next I, couple of weeks? Snow I blowing? think we just, yeah, bits of
1: that, <laughs> pondering my existence on this planet, Thinking about wow. the larger issues, yeah, Heavy. you know that kind of thing. Heavy, okay. I mean, we went. We went. That's probably the heaviest segment we've ever done. Would you say? Oh yeah,
0: sure, yeah, 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 yeah. I've done that on other shows, but but never on this one. And I hope that uh, we haven't lost all of our audience. Um, I hope to be in two weeks announcing a new podcast that I'm taking part in. Not at all related to anything sports, but uh, should be a good one. Should be a good one. Uh, yeah we've actually there's actually production money in this one so crazy I don't know if I can handle this sort of responsibility but hopefully I'll let you all know on this show in a couple of weeks I think it's something that uh, everybody will love because hey everybody loves movies and TV right so for the Rouge White and Blue I'm Oz Davis for my co-host Joe Pritchard we are out of here for a couple of weeks enjoy the free agency period it's been fun. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.
1: Medicional crisis existential crisis. Existential, existential crisis existential 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 crisis. Existential, crisis. existential 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 existential